So welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, today is a fantastic conversation all about getting you dialed in, building your brand through video and YouTube. I have got one of my great friends, Sean Cannell, and we dive deep into some really specific hot strategies that are trending and powerful on YouTube. And the whole structure and in you know getting started with a channel now we dive deep into tons of really practical strategies but this podcast is also brought to you by his youtube strategy masterclass and so if you really resonate with him after listening to this definitely go and check that out the link is in the show notes it's colinboyd.co forward slash sean and you can go and check out that masterclass where he goes through some deeper steps and strategies but Today's conversation is a blast. We have a good time. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So let's build your brand uh, using YouTube. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. Sean Cano, welcome to the Expert Edge, brother. Colin, so fired up to be with you and your community today. And welcome back. I'm excited to have you back. Uh, now, there is a whole nother level of embodying your message when your name rhymes with the thing that you teach. And uh, I love that you always introduce yourself as, my name's Sean Cano, rhymes with YouTube channel and... Uh, Mate, you are the real deal. We've been friends for years and, uh, you know, continuing to grow in our friendship and relationship. And uh, I've just loved watching you build your business, lead your company. Uh, and really, I've watched you step onto a, just a whole nother level over the last two years, not only with your leadership, but really, you know, running big events and, you know, getting in front of, you know, like Patrick Bed David and all these different big, you know, Alex Hormozzi, like getting these big influences and, and actually building deep relationships with them. And so, dude, congrats for just how much you've stepped up. I just love that. And today we're going to talk about, about YouTube and about the power of it, how coaches, course creators can use YouTube, because I think it's a phenomenal opportunity, long-term and short-term. So. Sean, could you just, you know, share what got you into YouTube? Like what started this fascination for you in building this beast of a business that you've built through YouTube? Yeah, you know, it's kind of a, it's a crazy journey because today uh, we're approaching eight figures a year. We hired 13 people last year, 30 people on the team um, and a couple million subscribers. 350 pieces of content is what we post a week across our company and across <laughs> platforms, 350. That's a low, that's a low week. Um, yeah. So all of that seems so crazy and radical because um, I certainly didn't start there. And really I'm a small town kid, college dropout, who after getting expelled from Christian high school, literally had no vision for my life, didn't have entrepreneurial dreams, didn't have athletic dreams. Um, excessive drug use and partying led me to just kind of be burnt out and, and visionless and aimless. And it was really through my faith journey and coming back to God 
And then starting to capture vision that I, um, well, before that, it was actually just through plugging into a local church and the youth pastor handed me a video camera and Adobe Premiere video editing software in 2003. And he said, start making videos. And so I just was trying to stay out of trouble because I had learned that, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of willpower when hanging out with certain friends. And so I just wanted to, that was, that was the motivation to plug into church, to do an internship, um, to kind of stay busy and stay productive and just do something. That was the level of the vision. And what it grew into was I never would have known that YouTube would have started two years later, that we would start a YouTube channel for that church in 2007, and that I would just keep doubling down and tripling down on video and calling it's, it's like in a way I didn't, I did not choose video, video chose me and I ran with it. And then clearly there was some synergy there, but then it's also mainly just, I don't know if I have better video skills than anybody, but I, I know I've been doing it longer than everybody. So you do anything long enough. Because yeah. now I've been on YouTube 17 years doing video for 20. And wow. once I found my thing, um, I just started to double down, triple down. And so that, that, it started kind of in a local church. And then it started with, with wanting to go to a mastery level and then seeing the power of media. And I think bigger than video for me, similar to you, communication. I realized that communication, the communicators are the ones that hold the power. Whether you want to yeah. have a powerful and profitable business. But I know for a lot of your listeners, they're purpose-driven people. You, you, you probably are dis you probably have some disappointment or some frustration with maybe some things that are happening in government, maybe things that are happening around the world. You don't just want to build a profitable business. You literally want to change lives and you hope to make a better future for humanity. And sharpening of communication skills and then narrowing that down to a niche video and a niche YouTube and the power of niching. I kind of saw that and then I just continued to double down and I'm blessed because one, I bet on the YouTube horse. Back in 2010, I kind of saw it coming. In 2015, I did a project with my friend Benji called Video Influencers, and we're like, we think this is going to be big. In 2018, the first edition of my book, YouTube Secrets, came out. We're like, man, maybe there's like a year or two left of this, but we think this is going to be big. Yeah. Now, fast forward to 2024, and Goldman Sachs Research did a report, and they said what's called the creator economy. The creator economy is going to double in the next three years. And Colin, the reason that's so significant, very practically, they said it's gonna be a half a trillion dollar industry, the TAM, the total addressable market, and that right now money in the system is around $250 billion in what's called the creator economy. Now, for a business owner like you and your listeners, they're not attributing the leveraging of a podcast or a video podcast or webinars or all this stuff towards business revenue. This is the fact that like YouTube at scale will pay you for views on your videos. You mentioned Patrick Bet David, he talked about, He's got a whole consulting business and 100 employees, and he's got a real business. But he, he told me about a video the other day that earned him $35,000, a mm -hmm. video that went viral, a long-form mm -hmm. video in YouTube paying him for the ads on the video. So when we think creator economy, that would be dollars in the actual creator economy system. Colin, here's what's shocking to me. I've been basically observing this whole thing for the last two decades. And what Goldman Sachs analysts and economists are predicting is what has happened in the last two decades is going to double in the next three years. Hmm. That's oh, acceleration. Yeah, That's no, momentum. I, dude, it's, it's incredible. And I, and I love YouTube. I, I remember I was having, uh, I was having a, a, a conversation with a good friend of mine and he teaches Excel uh, and loads videos up on YouTube. And I remember chatting with him and he was, and I said, oh, how, like, you know, what does YouTube pay you? And I remember he opened up his, his app 
and it was, you know, he had tons of videos in there paying him two, three thousand dollars, uh, you know, over a series of a couple of months or whatever. Added it added up, you know, to tens of thousands of dollars a month. And like that's not even his business from mm-hmm. a, more from the sense of like he sells courses and memberships. And it, I was like, what the like that's insane. And he's in a really specific niche market. So uh I would love to talk about the opportunity of YouTube um, from the sense of what, because uh, I think there's there's kind of, there's people in a few camps. There is the people who are considering YouTube. They haven't started it at all. Like they don't have a channel at all. They don't know that their channel's already probably built, connected to Gmail. Um, but it's like, they haven't even pressed go on it, right? But they have this desire. That's like the first camp. The second camp is they've started one, but they've been dabbling with it for a little bit, haven't really gone all in on it. And then the third one is like that's a core part of their core part of their strategy. And I would say majority of people are going to sit in those first two camps in terms of our audience, right? There's there's going to be people and even there's people in my program who are in that third camp. They're dialed in with YouTube and 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 crush it. And so but for people in the first and second camp, they've kind of been dabbling, they kind of been, you know, playing around with it, maybe they want to start it. What what would you say would be bef- the prerequisite for the philosophy of someone who does well on YouTube? What are the decisions that one must make and the realizations they must have in order to go, okay, this is going to be a vehicle that I would love to build my brand with? Yeah, there's a couple big ones. I think mm. the first one is actually getting really a clear vision and a clear why for um, being on YouTube. and the the prerequisite would actually be like you have a little bit of desire there because it's one thing for there to be opportunity but it's a whole nother thing behind every opportunity is going to be work thomas edison said opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work and (laughs) so true out of all the social media platforms youtube i would argue is will take the most work especially Mm. if you're going to invest in high effort high value long form content that can have insane return on investment for your business, yeah. but nevertheless, it's going to take work. So I, I would say a couple of things. If you've always, if it, if it inspires you and excites you to have a show, I talked to one person in a m- mutual business group we're a part of who said, like she was saying, I always kind of resonated with Oprah. Like, and I, and Oprah had a show. Oprah has a, had a personality. If you see yourself, you, you see the power of having a personal brand. If you look at someone on YouTube who's done this now for quite a long time, Marie Forleo, mm. the Marie TV, it's still called. I just watched a video from her yesterday. So I think this, this might seem very simple and obvious, but I think that it, you, if you look at that and you want to have a powerful video podcast mm. like you, or like you, maybe you've seen Andrew Schultz and Flagrant. You see people, you see the PBD podcast. You see, you actually like having a show, have, having consistent video content gets you a little bit excited and inspired because if it doesn't, I mean, I could just kind of predict you're probably not going to commit to it. And there's other mm-hmm. ways to get traffic. There's other ways to have influence or there's other social media platforms. You could get great results from stick with vertical video, post Instagram reels. There is a little bit of leverage there where you could use that same content on YouTube shorts and you should if you've already created it. So I think that's, um, I think thing one, I think thing two, and this is good for a lot of your audience, but 
because they already got as far as they are because they understand the law of sacrifice. You got to give up to go up. And that great things take time and great things take patience. I just did a screenshot yesterday, actually, of four years of my video podcast. So I started a new channel four years ago. My original channel started back in like 2010, a couple million subscribers. But I started a new channel where I host my video podcast 2020. So now we're going into the fourth year. And even though I could send traffic from all my influence, and even though I could send an email, and even though the first year, the first year calling was was pretty flatlined. We had some good mm -hmm. results. Second year popped up a little bit. It was also pretty flatlined. Year three, it was like you could see the spikes of momentum. And year four, this last year, has been bonkers. It's been, it just been, it's been, but the book, Good to Great, Jim Collins, they talk about the flywheel effect. Yeah. And entrepreneurs know this. It's like, you got to start pushing on that thing. You got it. You're exerting sweat, energy, and effort to get that thing moving. So I think that a lot of people would say, well, sure, I would love to have Gary Vee's platform or, you know, Marie Forleo's platform. Alex Hermosi or Leo Hermosi would be some of the most modern examples of people blowing it up with content. And they're using a lot of leverage by hiring people to help them, but there's no doubt about it. They are also committed to the thesis. And that would probably be the last thing is if you, if you would say, I'm willing to be known, I'm willing to put myself mm -hmm. out there. I desire to build a personal brand. Um, I see the power in that. The aha moment I heard Alex telling this story was when he saw Kylie Jenner become a billionaire. And when, when he saw that, he's like, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Why, why is Kylie Jenner a billionaire right now? And of course, the answer is brand. Yeah. The answer is being out there. Like when you're, you got to be seen, you got to be known. If, if you have a vision of more impact, more leads, more sales, and you want to scale up, one of the best ways to do that is YouTube. 2.7 billion monthly active users. So your target audience, your target listeners, they're there. Uh, just more awareness, more impact, more open doors of opportunity for collaborations, JVs, attracting team members. My friend Ryan put it that way. He said, content became the engine for my whole business. I'm attracting A-plus talent. I'm attracting more leads. I'm filling all my products and programs. Um, I'm getting more known and notoriety. I'm getting invited on more stages. Like it is kind of done well. It, it leads, it opens all doors. Um, but I like to paint the picture, at least as far as I like, count the cost before building the tower, it's, it's worth yeah. considering, is it right for you? Is it the right vehicle? Because there is a time investment. There is an effort investment. We teach people the teams and systems to eliminate that, um, or to lower, to lessen that and make it practical and reasonable. Um, but those are some of the things it's going to take. And if that ROI, if that impact is attractive to you, then I think YouTube is perhaps the best vehicle in terms of like long-term legacy and brand and media right now. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love, and, and for me, I mean, I'm, I'm in this thing for the long-term that, that, that for me and, and keep keeping on adding those assets to the business. It just, it does build that flywheel. And it's so fascinating. I was having a, a conversation with Chris Harder the other day and he's done really well with building his personal brand as well. And we were talking about how, He's pivoted so many times in his business, but it's his personal brand that has allowed him to pivot profitably. And I think building your brand on YouTube, on video is like great connection, great resonance, 
and it allows you to pivot profitably when you need to. Talk to us about some of the um, some of the trends. So, like, what's like what's hot? What's hot right now yeah. on YouTube? What are you noticing? Uh, so that people, you know, if they if they're on YouTube or there's like an opportunity for them to get started and get some fire under the belt, what what some what's hot right now? That's great. I got seven of them. Number one. Come on. High quality, high effort, long form YouTube videos will continue to dominate. Mm. So videos are going to continue to get longer. This is interesting. So mm. with viewership increasing on connected TVs, longer content is seeing serious success. So podcasts on YouTube, which as a side note, YouTube is the biggest podcasting platform. It's bigger than Apple. It's bigger than Spotify. Wow. And this isn't even on my list, but I actually predict that YouTube very well could dominate the audio side as well. Because how hard would it be for Apple and Spotify to dominate the video side? Maybe impossible. But how hard would it be for YouTube to dominate the audio side? Easy. They already have the, the, the users, the Pretty infrastructure, bad. the video. And so for the interconnectedness, they've already added it this year, meaning um, YouTube Music now is where your video podcasts also go to audio. There's a podcast feed. The way that your YouTube channel homepage is also optimized for podcasts. So they really want to take a piece of that market. And a lot of podcasts are pushing the one to two hour range. We're seeing Patrick Bed David with the two hour show. We're seeing Lex Friedman with three, I three and a half hours. I five hour show the other day. Uh, and yeah, three, two. five hour, Lex Friedman doing long form, flagrant, Logan Paul, impulsive. People want to see, and uh, Chris Winter, you know, mm. deep dive, really unpacking issues, going deep. And we're also seeing top creators push 25 to 30 minute range videos, 25 to 30 minutes, edited, high quality, high effort. And so this higher average view duration, because what YouTube wants is time on platform. Right. This higher average view duration is really causing some of these videos to get insane amounts of views, and it's creating deeper audience connection. And there's actually a episode that we just posted on our podcast with Lewis Howes. Very fascinating. Of course, School of Greatness, lots of long form videos. His most viewed videos on his channel approach three hours, which is fascinating. And, but he also talked about a lot of stuff that's not working, some of the stuff that he's saying uh, is working. And connected to this big idea of trend number one, high quality, high effort, long form YouTube videos will continue to dominate. Can I ask that on, on that point, is it true that YouTube pays you more with AdSense if your video is longer? Like, cause they can put more ads in it? Yeah, a couple of things. So number one, once your video is over eight minutes, um, you can add more than one ad spot. Right. So sometimes it's worth pushing a video past eight minutes, not fluffing it up for no reason, but it could be a little bit more lucrative. And again, your entire audience would not be focusing on AdSense as their main income stream, but at scale, Think Media this last year, my main channel earned almost a quarter, uh, almost a half a million dollars, about like $458,000 in YouTube ad revenue. Yep. So that, that's like, that like pays a portion of, well, how am I going to afford editors? Like actually the content can be kind of like it zeroes out and then mm -hmm. it becomes this big marketing machine. But to your point, cool. over eight minutes, yes, you can add more ad spots, but these ultra long form videos, that's exactly why they are um, paying so much is because of like, like turning on Hulu, my wife and I are watching Fargo season five, amazing. 
And of course on Hulu, I'm like, I don't get how Hulu works. Like, I, cause I'm paying for this, but I still get ads. Like, I don't know, maybe there's a different <laughs> tier or something, but you know, every few minutes and so many people are watching YouTube, it's similar. So they are also watching these podcasts may, passively. You're doing chores you're actually maybe you don't even have the video on smart connected TVs. I'll turn on my Apple TV. I'll be like, Hey Siri, open up, you know, and then I'll turn something on while I'm cooking, hanging out, I'm learning, listening. So anyways, you can imagine multiple ad spots paying. So that's why some of these one hour, two hour, three hour videos, if they also go semi-viral and get a million views, you could earn $20,000, $25,000 off of, off of that level of a uh, video. So, so yeah, that's how it works. Uh, dude, one of my, one of my private clients who was showing me the other day on his YouTube, uh, he's had one, one video is making him about $40,000 a year and it's done it consistently for three years. That's yeah. what's that's what's crazy is like he did it three years ago and it's still producing that you know five four five grand a month in ad revenue and so and I know that that's not like the main probably the main focus that our audience would be focused on because you know you can sell a course for a thousand bucks two thousand bucks very easily off the back end of a video um but like that's so it, it, I think it's a cool just like you know continuity passive. Uh, stream of revenue that can come in. So number one, long form, high quality. Uh, and do you, you know, uh, you know, if we're thinking about people just starting out, like they can obviously outsource that stuff to, you know, pretty low cost. I mean, to be honest, I get DM'd about 19 times a day about people creating videos for me. But where do you recommend to go, like do some editing and things like that? Like what, what are some good outsource places? Yeah, I mean, Upwork.com, yep. you can find that one editor you hire directly. You can try yep. services like VidChops or Video Husky, mm. which is very low cost. And okay. they will keep cycling you through an editor, kind of like it, instead of going direct to an editor with a job description and looking at the ratings and the reviews, they're a middleman that tries to simplify the process, upload your videos to Dropbox, get the video back in 24 or 48 hours. But if you find an editor you like and a framework for your show that you like, you could get in a rhythm where them editing one video a week, let's say, is 400 or 600 bucks a month or something like that. Yep. And it just becomes kind of a system. And then even Fiverr, which is such a, it's a, fun, such a funny brand because it was this famous site for services that are $5. Yes. But of course, now some of them, it's like, it's going to be $35. And that's true for thumbnails as well. There's yeah. good thumbnail designers on Fiverr. Mm -hmm. You find the right one. So you end up, might, you could maybe pay 50 to $100 for a video edit and $20 for a great thumbnail or 25. And there's maybe a few other things you do in terms of the systems you install, but that then leads you go, okay, so I could have a weekly show on my, on my YouTube channel to the tune of maybe under a thousand dollars a month. And then perhaps this would probably be a huge key for a lot of like principals that are, they're the main person, they're busy. They got a lot on their plate. Maybe you hire an assistant, kind of a social media manager or social yep. media assistant, or just your current assistant to sort of manage a few vendors like that. A few, your outsource person, this just connect all the dots together, or you could do it yourself. So those are a few. Mm, so good. Uh, what's, what's the second one, second trend that you're noticing? Second trend, short form will continue to gain popularity across platforms. Hmm. So YouTube shorts are now getting 70 billion views per day. TikTok 
is still hot. It's always had a little bit of smoke and controversy around it, but TikTok is blowing up. Reels, I know you're big on Instagram. Reels are crushing. Too many people are ignoring Facebook and done right if you post on Instagram Reels connected to your Facebook page. I did hear a social media expert recently say their biggest platform of organic growth right now is actually Facebook hmm. because a lot of people are ignoring it and kind of sleeping on it, supply and demand. Um, and they, but there's still a massive audience there, depending on who you want to reach. So all that to say is that I think doubling down on short form. And the reason I love this is I'm still a YouTube first person. Cause I think your end destination should be high quality, high effort, long form content, mm -hmm. but vertical videos that are 60 seconds or less, less are such an asset because the one video can be distributed across multiple platforms. Create it once, distribute it forever. Here's what I mean. Create it once, upload it on YouTube Shorts. I post it on my Instagram, which auto posts to my Facebook page, also on TikTok. But then also, after three months of posting, roughly three months, I'll look at my winners. Which videos got the most views, did the best, got the most engagement? And Colin, I will just repost them. Yeah, we do that and, as well. And then I might, let's say, all relative, a good, a good video for me gets 10,000 views or 50 or 60,000. Well, let's say it gets 20,000. Sometimes the next time it gets 35 mm. or sometimes the next time it gets 17,000. So either way, it's insane because I'm like, literally, this is the exact same video, but a lot of people didn't see it. You have some new followers. It was a different time of day. The algorithm hit different. Not enough people are repurposing and reposting. So it's create it once, distribute it forever. But where the real leverage kicks in is then you do it again the next six months. And there's some, I, I, maybe there's a time where there's a little bit of fatigue and I don't know, it could just be in our own heads. Yeah. Uh, but, but we have gotten so much leverage out of some of these vertical video uh, platforms. Are you just and, shooting them on your iPhone a lot of the time? Or, I mean, I love cinematic mode. Yeah, yes. every, every time we hang out, uh, you're all, like, I watch you and you don't do the, you don't do the video that faces you. You know how you could see uh, yeah. yourself. Like you've always got your hand twisted in some like weird contortion and then using the, the, the high definition video on the front of the iPhone with all of the cinematic and all that sort of stuff. You know, what's kind of your, even when you're doing your stories and stuff, I noticed that like yes. you, you, you really, you push it, man. And you encourage me. I, I've always got you in the back of my head. Whenever I'm doing a story, I'm like, Sean probably wouldn't video it with this camera. <laughs> yeah, but your stuff looks great. And I mean, you're living the hard life in this sunny Newport Beach, you know, so you always, I just look, you always have that nice daylight and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think that, uh, that your iPhone for uh, what I'm posting, mm. I love video podcasts and also going on other people's shows. And I see you leverage the same content because it could be leverage. And I have an agency that just chops stuff up. So that's, that's leverage. Two, so um, you have your own agency that it with, is within your company. No, I hire somebody to someone else okay, to cool. watch. Uh, yeah, the video podcast and cool. and then and chop that's them up. Fine. Whether it's my own okay, show, I wanted or to me. promote them. So, uh, but if 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 it's that's all you outsource, that's perfect. Um, and then there are I I do sometimes sit down and I'll I'll try to batch record vertical videos where I'll talk mm. directly to camera. You know, one of the things I'm doing in this conversation is in, in my camera is an SD card and I turned on recording Riverside. You could have just sent us the link, which would be e 
close to as good, but I want to make sure I had this and I'm recording the audio file. So my, not just the interactive of this, but maybe I have a good answer. And then the agency just takes that content. So if you can create a way, my, our, our mutual friend, Dan Martell, I think he also talked about, it's like, if you're kind of always capturing, that's thing one, capture when you're on, this is a powerful tip. If you can set a camera off to the side, which would be different than the one I'm using. It kind of creates a different dynamic. People call it fake podcasting. So we all know this, like they sit in front of a mic and they're like, yeah, you know, the way I'd answer that question, they're not being interviewed. But that's like, that's, hey, donate, don't hate the player, hate the game. I don't know, like, that's fine. (laughs) But but I mean, like, uh, if you're on a staff meeting or a coaching call, if you threw a camera off to the side, my good friend and one of our content creators, Omar, has the crispiest shot if he does a coaching call, if he's, uh, you could do that on a staff meeting. Mm. If you put the camera off to the side, mic yourself up maybe, or just use this mic. And again, talk for an hour. The, the leverage point is then what is the system of how you download and transfer that footage? And then who is the person that is going to chop that up? Then that can just give you, there's so many ways to create essentially almost unlimited vertical video. And then to stop overthinking the quality, I mean, I think learning hooks and learning a headline for it or something, if there's going to be text on it, what is the opening few seconds and the person chopping it up, if they know that information. But the other thing about vertical is some of it's just testing. If you could be consistent, put out as much as you can, that's how you identify the winners. And then eventually you're just creating a pool of winners and some, eventually you're going to have 52. You could probably have one video a week out. You do this for a couple of years. Um, and so anyways, short form is definitely it's the growth is expected to continue. Um, it's driven by convenience. It's mobile friendly. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of new opportunities for entrepreneurs, creators, brands to just keep learning into short form, uh, leaning into short form video. In, in our conversation before we went on the podcast, you mentioned authenticity uh, yeah. as being, is that one of the trends? I wanted to ask about that. And yes, uh, well, just your thoughts on that. So here's the trend. Raw and authentic creators are going to rise to the top. So YouTube is constantly evolving. Um, Personalities uh, are shifting away from highly produced, forced content. So it's not to say that the Mr. B style of content, and what do we mean there? Well, what it's turned into today is it's turned into uh, spectacle. It's turned into multi-million dollar budgets in some case for the videos. Oh, yeah. And, And not just Mr. Beast, but... Certain types of, of you could even in the entrepreneur space, is sometimes it's just how can I go even bigger? How can I go more flash? How can I go more highly produced? And for some people in this kind of entrepreneur uh, world, they're also some of it is all, like you, you, everybody wants a D Rock, or some people do, and they want like, man, they want the look and it's so cool and slow motion. I got out of the car and I was backstage, I'm about to speak and all this kind of stuff, which is all fine. It's not saying that doesn't work, but there is a shift. And in 2023, the most looked up word on Merriam-Webster was authentic. Hmm. And authentic means true to one's personality, spirit, or character, and not false and not imitation. So I think what's happening is that since kind of the pandemic, we've all been shooken up so much. I think we're looking for uh, real in terms of creators and personalities. I think what's also happened is across the globe, misinformation, fake news, Mm -hmm. um, 
hearing one story, then the truth comes out. There's a there's even a higher level of skepticism in people. And I think even if in your library, let's say, you do have a speaker reel, that you're trying to put out your best foot forward. But there's something powerful about kind of the unedited behind the scenes, even the tone's a little bit different where you're just being raw, you're being real, and you're showing me what's happening. Here's a case study. So Sam Sulek has taken the YouTube by storm. Bodybuilder, and his name's Sam Sulek, 21-year-old bodybuilder. Um, as of March of 2023, he had 8,000 subscribers. Hmm. Today, he has over 2.7 million. He uploads every day, so part of his formula for success is consistency. Yeah. But his when you watch his videos, it like starts in a, a humble, chill car. Um, it's the editing is really just minimal jump cuts throughout his day. Right. And he goes to the gym, works out, shares some advice during it. And it just really one, I I think we have to acknowledge the fact that he's absolutely jacked. It's one reason like he's huge. Yeah, yeah. He's so there's people watching him for that. But again, people were so shocked because his thumbnails aren't airbrushed and AI. They're like a screen grab from the video, kind of dingy and dark. Mm. The video is not super color graded travel influencer drone footage. It's just raw, minimal editing. Hmm. Um, and so it's, I think this combination of consistency, which is undefeated, like consistency yeah. is the cheat code to Can all I ask of your on dreams. That, what's, what's minimal viable? like consist is it once a week is enough to kind of get some flow happening or do you think there should be at least two a week i mean for us with the podcast we do once a week we've been doing it yeah. for about three years uh, but i know that if we went to two a week uh you know the the downloads are gonna you know almost double right um but we just haven't pushed into that but i would say like if someone wants to build something what's minimal viable what does that look like yeah, I think once a week has kind of been the universal. I mean, it's going to be 52 a year if you yeah. schedule and even if you take time off. Um, and however, like my, my asterisk there is, is especially the way YouTube works, is I think you could even get away with less than once a week mm. if when you put out a good effort, the video... Like I think about Colin and Samir, they're kind of doing something similar, you know, kind of creator education. And they really lean towards these interviews of, on their podcast, of pretty high level YouTube stars, like OG entertaining, entertaining YouTube kind of creators, like an Emma Chamberlain, which wouldn't be the world that we're talking to as much, like big multi-million subscribing, subscribed inter and different people as well. Here's the point though, their frequency is almost like when they have a great episode, they release it. There's not every Tuesday, there's not this, but they're kind of building up a library of these high quality conversations with, I might even say A-list people. It's less mm -hmm. about, and so when they can get a great interview and what they also go to another level of production, they typically fly to the guest, film in person. That's a, so there's exceptions to the rule one of the things I've found about consistency, even as I've compared myself to others, Colin, because sometimes I, maybe I look at Colin and Samir the way they do it. I'm more on this. I was driving, reflecting on this. I do two podcasts a week. I usually do a solo round and an interview. Yeah. And I kind of thought, I was like, what if I slow down and I try to push the quality up even higher? What if I, but I, but I think it's also self-awareness. And what I realized for me 
was the volume to a week, which feels sustainable, but I feel stretched even with the team. Yeah. Um, it felt, it feels challenging at times, but here was my conclusion. Part of the reason of doing it was that out of volume, out of the discipline and out of routine and schedule and habit come the bright spots of, you could call it genius. You could call it half luck, but luck is like when preparation and opportunity meet. The breakout episode, the, the, the standout episode on my show sometimes is a feedback loop that, okay, now maybe I can craft that idea more. Mm. So there's kind of, so there's both sides to it. I, I would say that for most people listening to this, consistency has a lot more to do with personal transformation, per, like you learning and you developing your skills, you building a momentum, yes, building connection with your audience, but even you refining your message and you also holding yourself accountable because maybe it was Colin, I compare myself to Ali Abdal, who is now taking a different year this year. I listened to this podcast with him and he said, my new plan is I'm only going to create a video when I feel like it, like when I feel inspired and I feel now, mind you, I think there's also something different when you're sitting on the other side of a couple million subscribers and yeah. you, you are a certain level of skill. But, I, but that, was the, that was the unlock for me. I was like, that sounds kind of cool. But if I did that, I bet you I wouldn't do it. Same. I know I, I would do a lot less. Same. Because I wouldn't, so I have to, so that's the power I think of consistency is to put yourself into, uh, is, is the schedule and is the routine and is accepting that, okay, Yes, maybe more polish, more this or that on a particular episode could help it do better, but done is better than perfect. Yeah. And I know that if I just try to overly perfect episodes that uh, I wouldn't publish as much and I wouldn't have net net as many breakouts. So consistency is so powerful. But, mm -hmm. you know, landing the plane on this one, just a couple other examples. Like there's this uh, web, this on authenticity, Dry Creek Wrangler School. So Dwayne is like on this, I don't know how many acres he has a lot. It's like a farm. He's like a cowboy. And one of the, he's getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. But the videos that pop off the most, zero edits. It's like him in like a wooden chair with like a pipe or a cigar, just rugged Western, but, but wise. Wayne is just sharing some life wisdom with you. You hear the grass rustling, the winds blowing, the birds are chirping, and he's out on the farm in front of his barn, in front of his shop. And I think the solitude of it, the tranquility of it, authenticity doesn't mean that loud is not authentic. But I think what we're also seeing is there's so much noise and there's so much almost overproduced in some things that Sam Sulek, Dry Creek Wrangler School that the strip down, like just, just take me with it. And what this is, Colin, is I think that for every trend, there always ends up a counter trend. <laughs> there, there, there ends up to being a reaction to that trend. So some of this might seem obvious as we describe it because it's also kind of the reaction. And it doesn't mean the first thing doesn't work, but it usually means there's a group of people who like aren't digesting that as well. Mm -hmm. And then especially in marketing, it is marketers ruin everything. So sometimes there's a particular trend is working a particular way. So what's next? And so it's kind of this anti YouTube best practices trend as well. Not having all the, not needing a perfect intro, not needing a perfect title, not needing a perfect thumbnail, um, not needing to outdo your last spectacle. That's how YouTube has felt for a while. Everyone's trying to outdo. 
like, because it's Mr. Beast. I got a private jet and flew to Dubai and transferred to a spaceship. And now I'm on Pluto. And you're like, dude, what? <laughs> I partnered with Elon and everyone's yeah. or just. I'm giving got... away 19 Lamborghinis that yeah. people have to have their hands on for the next five yeah. days. And <laughs> I've got 10 Teslas and, yeah. and it's this one upsmanship just to yeah. that, the anti YouTube best practices. I think that's a big opportunity. I think it's that uh, we've seen the vulnerability kind of move and the Brene Brown. It's a little bit different, but I do think that uh, for sure, raw and authentic content creators and entrepreneurs are going to rise to the top in 2024. I, on that note, like, I mean, from my experience, I still feel like, yeah, I, I, know, I know you've got some great guides and stuff like that in your programs around the right type of gear and content to have, because, because having, I, I know for me, almost every other day I get a comment from someone who they jump on a, a Zoom call with me and they're like, Colin, your video is just so clear. Like, how did you get that? And right, I, I, I mean, that's just the gear that I've got, right? You've got, a, once again, you know, you've got a beautiful, clear uh, video. And so, yeah, stay authentic, but if you can shoot it with good audio and a good camera, the authenticity yeah. just gets amplified on the next level. And you kind of, you, you show up as a market leader um, is that kind of your thoughts with that as well? Uh, yeah, I don't think those two things are not in conflict. You know, Sam mm -hmm. Sulek, there's a really cool mic called the, uh, the Rode Wireless Go. And you maybe you've seen them, a little square microphone yeah. that can plug into your phone or camera. You can connect it to your jacket. Some people are connecting it to their hats. Okay. Because connected up on your hat, especially if you're going to work out, it's not going to hit anything. I'm seeing people do ice plunges. They have yeah. their, there's this guy who he does his ice plunges, just however cold it is in Canada. So like the temp is going to be, he throws like a dumbbell yeah. onto the ice oh. and then, and then he's got a, all he has is a beanie on yeah. and he's got his road mic and he then every, he does it every single day. And then he's like, discipline is freedom, you yeah. know? And he like sits in that cold plunge yeah. and shoots a video every morning. But again, that microphone is connected to his hat. So mm. authentic, like it doesn't matter if you're authentic or not, if people can't see you or hear you. And I don't, it's not more authentic to have low quality video or yes. audio. Yes. Yeah. That, those actually are just so fundamental. In fact, I think the better the audio and the better the video, that that's just storytelling. That's mm. just, that's the closer I can feel to you in terms of getting able to, like, as I look at your, I, I feel like I'm hanging out with you mm. in Newport. I've got the serene ocean behind you. You've got the plants. You've got, you know, it's just nice. Mm -hmm. I, I think, and, and professionalism is not anti-authenticity. I think where authenticity comes yeah. in is, is taking out some of the fireworks and taking out some of that. And, and that's essentially what Sam Sulek is doing. Again, it's minimal editing, that makes but sense. it's not a reduction of production value, if you will. Mm. You're, you've stripped out the music firework logos exploding <laughs> yeah, totally. and and you could at old school would almost also be that like get ready for the leading yeah. sales trainer oh my international God. bestseller private jet footage yeah. and stuff and i think i think there is a, a room for the the person who is living an authentic private jet lifestyle mm. showing it a little bit more raw like mm. just walking up like and 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 actually imagine the trust that would build because it's not like, bro, you just rented that. Like it just looks the way the whole video is edited as opposed to like, I'm getting out. No, I'm just getting out of my car. Like I'm walking, it's literally, I'm on this thing eight times a month. Like I'm just taking you with me. So yeah, I don't think it's actually any 
modification of who you are authentically are, but it is a different tone. What is the definition? True to one's own personality, spirit, and character, and not false or intimidation uh, or an imitation. So, so yeah, just who really are you? And, and uh, I heard one reference to somebody who said a lot of times we actually are um, about one degree removed from who we authentically are, and here's why. Because then if somebody attacks us, it guards our heart because we weren't really ourselves. Mm. They only attacked the yes, not like a lie, but like the person's slightly different. So I've been reflecting on that because I've been thinking, okay, forget the haters. Forget, any, forget even the negative voices or the self-talk in my own mind. Who am I? And if I was to just kind of show up and, and just be super raw, super real. And then by the way, for some people listening, this, an experiment you could do is this idea of all of your thumbnails have maybe a template to them. You get in these ruts, they have a brand to them and all yeah. of your videos have an intro to them and they all have that. There's always something about, and maybe we've seen these thumbnails before, about like a thumbnail with no text. Now I'm not suggesting this, but maybe you're like, there's tears in your eyes or something. You know what I mean? You're crying or something. You're just like, you're like and then the title of the YouTube video is all lowercase. Yeah. And it's like, getting real about this, the heartbreak of this last year, dot, dot, dot. Mm. Now, okay, like we can make anything contrived, I suppose. <laughs> but you get, if you get what I'm saying, and then, and then it's like this idea where you like press the record button and you're like, listen, I'm just gonna just shoot from the hip yeah. on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, but, but actually, um, there are a few times where, again, the thumb, I've done a thumbnail that all, it, it's a pattern interrupt as well, yeah. because, uh, we, you know, you got 3D text and lighting, and you're like, you know, a pro, you pay somebody on fiber, as you talked about earlier, they're going to make it look almost shiny. It's like it's glowing. It's, it's like a conference promotional poster. So there's something about, and this is a good marketing principle in, in general, just doing, just stripping it down. And perhaps I heard, I'll steal one of your tips, you know, audiences, when you're speaking, you said that audiences engage when you break script. Mm. When you go off script, people lean in because it's like going through slide, point one, point two. And I even think about when, you, when I usually go off script, it's because I felt it. Yeah. Oh, but, and there was some kind of, and so then people perk up and you start, and I think that's kind of what it could be as well. People are so used to there being a script in politics. It's like the PR person for the White House, just getting up and just giving us the talking points. And it's probably sanitized and it might not, it might even be misleading. And that's sort of the thing that we're going counter to. It's like throwing away the script and doing some stuff from the heart. And I don't think it invalidates, if you will, highly produced content. I think it's a mass opportunity though, to lean into some stuff that's a little stripped down, a little bit different. Maybe for you, you go an audio only, or, you, you, you know, you just, uh, hey, I just felt it today. Guys, I'm just kind of rolling with it. I just, there's some stuff I want to share with you. And that could be your very breakout viral piece of content, that thing that really resonates because it's what people are hungry for. People are craving authentic connection and they're craving the non PRified versions of people that they trust, listen to, and want to connect with. It's funny. I was, I was actually looking at Alex Hormozzi's channel the other day. And, um, you know, he kind of very much, you know, as the new, a new example, like popularized the whole, you know, words flashing up and, 
you know, that it's like, you know, oh, that's an Alex Hormozzi style video. But what was interesting, and people, you know, trying to copy him and, and do all that sort of stuff. But, but what was interesting, he posted a video, it was him in front of a whiteboard and he was just teaching for 50 minutes. And, and the amount of comments below that were like, this is my favorite video. I'm so over all the flash and all the things. They're like, I actually felt like I got something out of this video because I wasn't distracted by the 19 different, you know, like videos that they got off, um, some, you know, um, royalty-free videos and things like that, that they did, of, the, of the person with their face in their hands and looking down and feeling sad and all that sort of stuff. So that was just, you know, that was kind of interesting. It kind of reflects on that trend that you brought out. Um, Give me one more because I know there's a class that you run. It's a free class, uh, YouTube strategy, the YouTube strategy class. And I'm sure you teach a whole bunch. I know you teach a whole bunch of other strategies and even just building your YouTube channel from scratch. Uh, and by the way, if people want to watch that masterclass, it's called the YouTube strategy class. It's been a class that that he's been honing for years. And it really is the combination of you know building for decades on YouTube and he's compiled it into a short training so that you can go deep into it. Uh, the show, the link is in the show notes, but if you just go to colinboyd.co forward slash Sean, S-E-A-N, and uh, you can go and check that out. I would recommend you to do it. I've watched it. It's, it's solid. And so, um, you know, I really think you should go and check that out. If, you, if you're serious about building a YouTube channel and actually ranking on YouTube with this brand, go and check that out, colinboyd.co forward slash Sean, uh, give us one more, Sean, uh, as we close out. One more kind of trend, something you were noticing that's hot that people can use with YouTube. Yeah. So one more that's hot is AI will continue to disrupt the creator economy and YouTube. And to just touch on authenticity one more time, we could talk about the good and the bad of AI on this trend. But I think also another reason why authenticity is standing out so much is because AI is growing so quickly. Mm. See, we're now moving into a world where it's already happening. Deep fakes, people can imitate. There's clips circulating that are not true. So we're, we are going into a world where there's going to be insane levels of skepticism, of, if you will, mistrust. And as good as, if you, as deep fakes get and AI gets, you walking in your neighborhood or just talking start straight to your phone or whatever. Uh, who knows how fast this will go. But like, again, that's why that, that authentic whiteboard type of training is just so different when there's already creators. I think about like Billy Genius Marketing, who's, mm. he's got a, a robot of himself. He's got a digital image of himself. His team can write him a script. There's, and there's, this, is also, this is also a helpful thing. Like if you have a good video editor, if you miss up, mess up a word or mess up a portion of your video, they should be able to fix it with AI. There's tools already for that, mm. where literally it'll virtually create you and they'll fill in the words where they could just type out the script. Yeah, like, oh, I needed to get this sentence in there and you don't have to film a new clip and it'll look. So, so anyways, that's one reason why there's this, there, we're seeing these tensions mm. where authentic content is resonating because of AI. But what's the good of AI? So AI is gonna continue to disrupt the creator economy, uh, business owners, your you know, knowledge workers, the people you serve that are teaching, speaking, writing, creating content, the good. AI, if you're not using it, you're missing out. It's gonna help you go faster. Here's some of the things. Script writing and brainstorming uh, content ideas. Automated captions and transcripts for your videos. Like that AI can do that great. Even video editing. 
um, quickly creating clips from short form videos. You know, a long form video podcast like this, throw it in something like Opus Clip, and it's going to suggest 10 to 20 clips based on keywords, based on what is getting traffic online, and also based on hooks and it auto captions it for you. Now, some of these tools, I'm not trying to make them sound too good to be true. They still take like a human brain. And just because Opus Clip recommends you 20 clips, maybe only three are good. So you still got to kind of filter through them, but all the stuff's improving. But you can quickly create clips from short form content, title generation, thumbnail generation, graphic design, SEO optimization, social media management. AI can do all this. Mm. So there's so many great tools, um, even content moderation in, in communities. And what that looks like, you know, it's already built into YouTube, but if you go into their comments, but that could be giving you like, it's auto-completing basically a response to your Instagram comments or things like that. So you can go a lot faster at maybe engaging with people and, if, and then you could tweak it, but engaging at scale in your communities. Many people listening to this have membership sites and maybe internal communities, of course, email and your, maybe your customer service. And then another one would be this is hyper-personalization. So today's consumer expects tailor-made experiences. There's a new module on YouTube at the top of anybody's channel. It's called For You. I don't influence that. I can't change it. What that For You section is, is YouTube considering the viewer that landed on the channel. Have they already consumed content from that channel? What's, what resonated with them the most? And rather than you trying to come up with a playlist, it's for what else have they watched? What is the viewer's history? And it's a For You like shelf of videos that are optimized to keep people on the platform as long as possible and satisfy that individual viewer of maybe some video in your library. So we're going to see, um, that hyper-personalization going, you know, the last piece of this though, is of course there's the bad side and there's safety concerns, deep fakes, um, misuse of things. We've seen some artists like there's fake Drake songs and fake Kanye songs that are like, actually like good. Yeah. You don't even know. You're like, did Kanye drop a new song? Wow. But there's a crackdown because again, they're using their likeness. They're using their voice. They're yeah. using their name without permission. And so YouTube has actually started some, um, a new disclosure that when you have any AI content, you check a box and it says altered or synthetic content sound or visuals were altered or generated mm. digitally. And this has made some people kind of uncomfortable for your community who doesn't plan on being a gaming character from Fortnite, but plans on being themselves on camera. It's kind of a non-issue, but the level with which you start using synthetic content, I think what we're going to see is whenever there's the negative side of new tech, we adapt and, and there will be the disclaimers below and above. And YouTube is trying to crack down Re, uh, requiring creators to disclose when they've altered um, voice video and had, you know, general, digitally generated voice or face saying or doing something. So um, that's it. So there's some, there's some bad there um, or some things to be aware of, but I think that AI is another big trend. It's going to be massively disruptive and it is going to create a gap. I believe that business owners and entrepreneurs that stick their head in the sand and think, oh, it's not that big of a deal or avoid AI or making a big mistake because it can, it will save you time, which will save you money. It, your staff, some things could be outsourced to AI, but 100% of your staff, if any needs to be using AI because 
just to give one example, there's a software called Autopod. And we do a video podcast like you. And what used to take three hours, if you have multi-angles on a video mm -hmm. podcast, now takes three minutes. You throw it in the premiere timeline, you click Autopod, and it chops up the angles, and it goes to the person that's talking. So it's just an example of, I think, to have a great final product on the edit of a YouTube video or a video podcast or anything, a human still needs to be behind that. Mm -hmm. But we just talked about an exponential time-saving tool that just helps that human be that much more productive. Not just so we can all be robots and work more, but this is cool because this can help us regain more peace of mind, more time. If I can get my current workload done, but get five or 10 hours back, now I can spend five or 10 hours more on my fitness or hanging out with my one-year-old and three-year-old or spending time with my wife or taking a nap. I mean, so I think that AI is a big trend across platforms and across business functions, but it definitely is impacting YouTube and they've written about it. They're paying attention to it and they're integrating AI into the platform itself. So that's going to bring some interesting uh, changes. And I think bright spots this year that we need to be ready for. Yeah, I agree. Dude, we've covered some killer content today. And I hope that this has been a great encouragement for people from building, you know, longer form, high quality videos to some sh a lot of short form stuff, AI, um, talking about authenticity. Uh, there's so much that people can use. And like I said, if you've resonated with Sean, uh, he's, guys, he's the real deal. Like I only bring people on who I really feel like are doing great things in the marketplace and are also good people. Uh, Sean's the real deal. So go and check out his masterclass where he goes a lot deeper into the structure of building out uh, YouTube channels and, uh, and really growing that, which is columnboy.co forward slash Sean. The link will be in the show notes. Sean, it's always a pleasure having you on the Expert Edge, mate. I'm sure that this is not the last one. And uh, I'm excited to hang out again soon. Thanks for coming on. Colin, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me and massive love and respect to your audience for hanging out today. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.